0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you were inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker.
1: You show me a church with kids in it, I'll show you a church that's alive. Show me a church that parents feel comfortable to bring the church to bring the church to bring the kids to i'll show you a church that is investing and so we want to say thank you to all who have brought their kids because not only do you matter they matter amen and jesus welcomed the children and caught them call into his lap and they started criticizing jesus and he said uh-uh oh, that's end Allow the children to come to me for as such of the kingdom of heaven. So thank you, kids, and thank you for bringing your children. We love them. This is a safe place for them. I'm sorry. Now you can do it.
0: Oh no, it goes right into the first song we're singing. I oh, mean, okay. I mean, Jesus Christ loved the little children, and He did not want them to be pushed away. He wanted them to come to Him. He wanted Him them to know Him as youngsters, mm-hmm. and to learn about Him and to learn about His love. And that's just one of the ten thousand. Reasons why we praise and worship our God, right? And 10,000 reasons isn't even enough. That's what we've come here to do this morning. We've come to gather as a body of Christ. We've come to gather to share each other's burdens, to come and lay them before the feet of Jesus Christ our Lord, knowing. God is able to take things as finite as grace and turn them into gardens. Our God is good. Our God is great. Isn't it great to know that we serve a God that can do all that and so much more? Isn't it great to know that we have a God that is that powerful, yet a God that is so compassionate? A God that is so loving. A God who is so concerned for his creation. That we're able to come just as we are. We don't have to clean up before we take a bath. We don't have to fix things before we ask for forgiveness. We don't have to change who we are to come before the throne and the cross. And say, dear God, please forgive me for the things that I've done. Dear God, please offer me grace and salvation. Please, God, change and transform me. Help me in all my weaknesses. God loves you so much that he'll accept you just the way you are, but he loves you so much he will not leave you there. Isn't it great to know that he's available to everybody, regardless of who you are, regardless of your background, regardless of your origins, God loves you.
1: I want to make a couple of things, say a couple of things, and it it, it comes into the message. First of all, this message is not going to be like we have it done before. Um, normally I start out with a nice longer introduction today I'm not um, second of all we're gonna bring the kids up here in a little bit and this is buying me time to get them up there up here and there's a big reason for that I think children and kids need to hear and understand some of the things of the church not just children's church I share the story that when I was in children's church the children's minister didn't show up He was sick and so I ended up coming up they were having a missionary I'd heard about it but I'd never heard it and because of that and that Sunday I was called to preach and I was called to missions and I was called to do something medical and I'm here today I've been on the mission field ten and a half years I've been a nurse since 1995 and you can figure that out yourself I'm not going to do the math and I'm called to preach And I think when we introduce our kids to the regular things of the church, adult church, they begin to get an understanding of how holy it is and some of the good things that can happen in church. And I think that's important. So thank you for understanding that. And we are delighted that kids are here today. And uh, also, as I shared with you the last couple weeks, today would be about healing. Part of the healing process is being connected with each other let me strongly encourage you to be connected with each other in prayer sunday mornings we have a wonderful bible study and then they pray wednesday evenings we have a wonderful study and then we pray are we getting getting the getting the flow here saturday nights we meet here at six o'clock and we anybody pray i'm sorry what we pray sunday morning at ten fifteen we meet up front and we and I'm going to share this with you the church that is a praying church not that praise but is a praying church is one that is an anointed church and that's where we get healing in our own spirits and also healing as a church and so let me share that with you today though I want to um, share something different as we gather today I want to share with you a plan it's good to have the kids coming thank you they can come in we're just starting it's good today's plan is going to be completely different we're going to talk about biblical healing I normally have several fl- slides and then introduce you to the theme the sermon in a sentence and the text and hold off just a minute hold off just a minute but that's the only slide you're going to see today but the stories I want to have shared are from two different people one is Debbie and one is Jim they at the ladies week Mother's Day weekend Debbie shared her story, and I left bawling. I can't tell you how powerful her story is. Incredible. And Don's story that he has not shared, but he was there through it all. You can't, you can't substitute that. You just can't. And what these two people did was live the legacy of what it means in sickness and in health. And so let me say thank you to your living legacy and your living testimony to both of you. I mean that. Thank you incredible and impossible impossible to weigh the magnitude of that so thank you before i get to that i want to share with you what we i me and we as a church but especially what we read in the bible define as healing there are a lot of people out there who do healing services in a lot of different ways i'm just going to tell you how we do it and how i do it first of all i believe healing is That God is the healer not a doctor does God use doctors absolutely does God use surgeons absolutely does God use uh, medicine absolutely does God use counselors absolutely but God is still the healer and when we go to and I have done counseling for a lot of years but when we go to counseling for the healer we're going to the wrong one they can help us open up the stimulus of the things that have led to that but we have to turn to Jesus for the healer to heal us hurts pasts pains etc only god is the healer second we believe that divine healing comes to every believer wait a minute what do you mean we as believers will get healed here on earth that as believers and only believers we will be forever healed when we cross into heaven there will be no sorrow no tears no diseases no covid vaccine issues there'll be no separation no sorrow no pain no remembrance We'll be there with Jesus, and all will be healed. Are we beginning to get it? Third, I believe this. Divine healing is a miracle. A miracle. Whether it seems like something small, a raging rhinitis, in other words, upper respiratory tract issues, or something terminal. Divine healing is a miracle. It's not contrived, it's not worked up, it's not a production, it's not a performance, it's not something that we have to have a big thing in front of the sanctuary about, and we're not going to. I won't, we won't. Because we believe Jesus is the one that should be getting all of the attention. And from that, Jesus gets the glory and the praise, and we will get into that in and from our text today. And fourth, divine healing still occurs today. Today it's still valid it's still miraculous and it's still ongoing i'm going to ask debbie and jim to come up and sit in the front seat and then you guys decide who comes first i don't care i've asked them to share their story i've shared you my story but their story is in, 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 impossible to, to duplicate and i want folks to hear to hear true divine, healing stories. You can say, well, I don't agree with the diagnosis, but you cannot disagree with the reality of the story. Whoever wants to come first and the second one, follow from there and we'll go from there, okay? Please. You can stay down there if you want to. Yeah, that's fine
2: pastor Micah wanted me to um, give my testimony that i gave four weeks ago again um, i was thrilled and um, i didn't go into a lot of detail when i stood up four weeks ago and talked about my back um, but most of you know that i heard it really bad back in september of last year and um, it just got worse and worse and um, i've been to uh, different doctors and um, I had like five different procedures done on it and they helped a little bit here and there but but nothing um, permanent and um, about two months ago I uh, was laying in bed and I just prayed and I know that everybody here has been praying for my back that, right and and um, but as I was laying in bed, I asked God to heal me. And I hadn't done that for. It's hard for me to talk to God about me. I'm praying for other people, but for, him, for, for me to ask God to heal me through me, um, that's hard. And um, at least it is for me. So I was laying there and, and I just really started praying he would take this pain away because the pain was so severe at times that I could barely get up and walk from the kitchen to the sink or from the kitchen table over to the sink it was so excruciating and um, and I couldn't even stand um, to sing the songs and um, I woke up the next morning and um, That excruciating pain was gone, and it's been been gone. Um, Now I still have a little bit of pain, but um, nothing like it was. I mean, it was—I can't explain to you how it was so sharp. And um, then when I got up the next morning, it was gone, and I haven't had that sharpness since. Thank you, Lord. And um, I just want to thank the Lord for that, and. um, I want to thank the church for praying for me all these all these days and um, sometimes it's not easy and um, but it's wonderful to know that we have a praying church right we and we know that the people in our church really love the Lord and and I just want to thank you and and, um, thank the Lord
3: I'm going to come up here because I'm going to need this table to hold on to. I got a feeling. Most of you know that um, in 2020, uh, I went through a bout with cancer, Uh, but I wanted to go into a little bit more detail about it, it kind of makes the picture a little bit clearer about the difference um, of where I was then to where I am today. Um, I had some kind of an injury uh, in my mouth behind my front tooth, and um, you know, I I, it, I just didn't do anything about it. You know, I just I just let go. I didn't have dental insurance, and I didn't just didn't want to spend money, so I just didn't do anything about it. Got to be January of '20, and um, it <sighs> the bump behind my right front tooth just started to grow and grow and grow, and, grow, and it was growing very rapidly. But at the time, our sister-in-law Lynette was dealing with pancreatic cancer, and I was spending most of my time with her, doing things with her, taking her back and forth to doctors and treatments and, and whatnot. And I put myself and my issues on the back burner. We lost Lynn in um, March of that year, March 9th, and so there, you know, that was a that was a hard one real hard one. She was my best buddy. And uh, then we all know what happened a couple weeks after that, and the world just completely shut down. Nobody was going anywhere. Nobody was doing anything. Doctors weren't seeing patients. And right about that time, I got up one morning, and uh, my right front, front tooth fell out in my hand. And I thought, you know what? Maybe it's time to spend some money. go do something about this. My dentist wouldn't see me. Pastor Matt connected me with his dentist, and I went in and saw Dr. Benton, who sent me to Dr. McLean, an oral surgeon, who sent me to Dr. Newman an ear, nose, and throat in town. All of them said, this is above my pay grade. There's something going on that is above my pay grade. Dr. Newman said, I'm going to send you up to university hospital to my buddy, Dr. Pierre Lavertu. He says, "I think you've got something pretty serious going on here. So by then it was mid-May, and I went up to university and saw Dr. Lavertu, and he looked in my mouth and he says, "That's cancer." And he said, "This is what we're going to do." And he didn't really kind of offer me a whole lot of. He just said, "This is what we're going to do. You're going to have surgery, and it's going to be a long surgery somewhere between nine and 12 hours. She says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to cut all that cancer out. And then my colleague, Dr. Fowler, is going to come in and she's either going to use bone and tissue from your left arm or from your left shoulder and reconstruct your mouth at that time. You're going to have a trach inserted. You're going to have a feeding tube inserted in your stomach. You're going to have lymph nodes removed from your neck. And you're going to be in the hospital for probably uh, at least a week. And then when you get home... After you've had time to heal, you're going to have 30 radiation treatments on your head and neck. And then we'll see. So um, he did a biopsy that day, and um, it came back inconclusive. So when I went to Dr. Fowler to see her before the surgery, they did another one. And lo and behold, you know, that's exactly what it was, squamous cell carcinoma, which is actually a form of skin cancer in my mouth. It had um, started behind my right front tooth, and by the time I had surgery, it had gone all into the roof of my mouth. Um, It was a pretty big-sized tumor. Um, So on Tuesday, uh, June 2nd, I went into surgery, and um, and just like he said, uh, they did all of that stuff they said they were going to do, nine hours, I believe, ten, something like that. Don was allowed to stay with me until they took me back to surgery, and then, of course, they chased him out and sent him home. So there's my poor husband and my kids, and, you know, they're all just sitting at home waiting to hear. And um, Dr. too told him, from what I understand, that he took out all he needed to and then some, because the reconstruction was done from my shoulder, it was that extensive. Um, I woke up on Wednesday, that's the first thing I remember, and I was kind of freaking out. I've never had a treat before, and all I remember saying is, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And uh, the next day, they sent the sweetest young man in to me with a guitar, music therapy. And he sat there by my bedside, and he played choruses and hymns on his guitar and sang to me. And I just remember the peace that came over me I, I was finally able to get some, to calm down and get some rest. Didn't have a speck of trouble with that trait the whole rest of the time I was there, and it did come out before I went home, so that was good. Um, and I remember they Don came in to pick me up, and I just, I was just, come here, come here. I just couldn't wait to get my arms around him. I was just, I've been, I mean, that, this is COVID, remember, no visitors. No, I couldn't talk on the phone. I had to do all my communication with the staff on a piece of paper with a pen because I couldn't speak due to the trait. And the internet was horrible. So, I mean, I was just there and isolated, and I felt very alone. I was just so happy to see him. So we got home, and um, I kind of got into a thing where, you know, I had certain things I had to do certain times of the day. I had to feed myself four times a day. I had medicine I had to take certain times. I was trying to regiment myself, you know, get myself back into feeling strong enough to do some chores around the house and and, uh, and uh, you know cook meals I couldn't eat them but you know cook meals for my husband. You know things just things like that you take for granted, you know that I was trying to get used to doing again. I went back to see Dr. Lauer too um, on the 24th of June which was a red letter day because not only did I get my very last drain yanked out but our one and only grandson was born that day and that was just like now I've got something to really hang on to, because after a whole bunch of girls, the last baby anybody was going to have was a boy. And I thought, i got to stick around and see how this comes out. So um, then I went to see Dr. Fowler, and this was probably um, beginning of July by then. And she said to me, and I'll never forget this either, she said, I have to tell you, the cancer we removed from you was stage four. And I remember I just melted into the chair and I thought, I'm toast, you know, you don't come back from stage four. And then the next thing she said to me, but you still have a 60 to 75 percent chance to beat this. Well, you know, you hang on to that 60 to 75 percent chance when it's offered to you like that. Right. I started uh, my radiation treatments right around the end of July. And uh, I was going every day, Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning, laying on a metal table, being st- uh, strapped down with a mesh mask from here to here, and getting all these um, to the right side of my, f- my head and neck. And um, you know, there's a lot of residual stuff that comes with that. Um, my hearing was bad in my left ear before, it got worse in my right, of course. Um, this. Your, your, your skin is like it's the worst sunburn you've ever had in your life. I was losing my hair over here on the right side um, it just about destroys your salivary glands i, I to this day I, I have uh, terrible troubles with with dry mouth and then interferes with my ability to eat but um, you know I just I was just in this mode I called it autopilot I did every day what I had to do and I just Every day I just it was just, do, just just march, like marching. But I, kinda, I just called it autopilot at the time because I didn't know how else to describe it. Um, then in December 15th, I had a PET scan. Now I, had al- I started to try to eat some on my own, and I was doing pretty good. I was eating some soft things. actually by Thanksgiving, I wasn't really using the feeding tube at all. But it had to remain because their policy is it does not get removed until after you have your PET scan. And um, that was the 15th of December. And I remember a couple days before Christmas, Dr. Fowler called me, and she said, I just couldn't have you go through Christmas without knowing because I wasn't scheduled to see her until the end of the month. I just couldn't let you go through Christmas without knowing. Your PET scan is clean. There is no sign of cancer in your body anywhere. And, um,
1: Wow. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus.
3: Wow, you know, just the just the, the the relief that flows over you when you get some good news after all the bad news that I had. Um, I have to say, um, I hope any of I I would hope first of all that none of you have to go through an ordeal like that because that's exactly what it was. It was just simply an ordeal, and it's kind of ongoing in some ways. I hope if you do, you have a partner like I have. That man never said a word that wasn't kind and caring. He took care of me. If I needed it, he was right there. Um, I mean, I just hope you would have someone does such a support. Um, he, He took this in sickness and in health very seriously, and he took the best care of me. Anybody could. My family, my kids coming in and bringing meals. When I got home from the hospital, my uh, our oldest daughter had completely repainted my downstairs for me. I mean, it was just, I've got the best. I've got absolutely the best, and I'm, I praise the Lord for that. And um, I say all of this to say to you that um, what, what I came to realize later on, after all this was through and I had a chance to process it to a point, I still haven't completely processed at all, I don't think, but I realized what what I called autopilot was actually the Lord picking me up in his arms and carrying me
1: through this.
4: Right.
3: Um, I just kind of felt like I was kind of numb and, you know, like I said, I just did what I had to do on a daily basis just to get through until the next day. It's it's all you can do sometimes. Thank you, Lord. And I thought of, um, you've all seen the picture of the, uh, the person walking down the beach, and there's a set of footprints beside them. And, um, and there's, there's part of that poem that just kind of um, just puts it into in a maybe better understanding. Uh, the one verse. Another residual effect. My nose just runs like a sieve, and I can't stop it sometimes. Anyway, um, this is the verse in the poem that I want to read to you. My precious, precious child, I love you, and I would never, never leave you during your times of trial and suffering. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And um, I just say all that to say the healing that he was gracious enough to give me is available for all of you for any situation that you find yourself in. And uh, don't be afraid to avail yourself of it.
1: Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Jim. That took courage. Talk about quiet strength. Wow. Thank you. Also, in nursing, and in healthcare, we share this. The, there's more than one patient you're taking care of. There's the patient in the bed, obviously. But there's also the rest of the patients who are aff- the people affected by the one that's in the bed. And this is a living testimony of what that means. I want to share with you, uh, I'm just going to go right to it. And I just want to share with you. If you guys would go to that slide that has the uh, uh, theme, etc., that would be great. I'm going to give you my uh, biblical perspective. Keep on going. I want to share with you this. Our theme for this morning is the biblical perspective of healing. I want to share with you also that. Uh, keep on going. Go on. Go on. Wait. Go back the sermon in a sentence is this God is the healer and healing is still available and I'm going to put on that to you and today regardless of what the healing needs to be you see I am a living breathing example of healing as well I could tell stories but I am not going to intrude on the stories you just heard incredible stories ladies and gentlemen you cannot debate that because God is the one who does it and did it and is doing it still our sermon is sentenced again as God is the healer and the healing is still available again today regardless of what the healing is and our text is long I did not put it on a on a PowerPoint you can just leave that one up for the rest of the sermon uh, Tim please if you would and that is this mark chapter 2 Verses 1 through 12, I'm going to be really honest with you. I have preached out of this message, and then we heard it again, as Gail knows, at camp meeting. And I'm going to approach it in a little bit different way, but it's still a very powerful, powerful text. It's too long to put on a, on a uh, PowerPoint, so I'm going to encourage everybody, Internet land as well as here, to find a Bible, find your phone, whatever you want to do, and we're going to read it together. Because you see, we still come out of this. The Word of God is the Word of the God. To the people of God. Mark 2, we're going to start with verse 1. And he entered to Capernaum after some days and it was reported that he was at home. Do we get that? He had just healed lepers in chapter 14 and it was at his home. In other words, where he stayed while he was on earth. He never got married. So he was at Mary's home where he grew up. That's incredibly important. Many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. We'll get into the healing in a minute, but that's important as well for a background. Many were there. There was not even room in the door. They were in all likelihood very probably out in the yard. It doesn't say it. But when there was not even room at the door, and yet there were still many there, where do you think they're going to be? With an earshot, out in the yard, tearing up the grass and the grass seed. I wonder how Mary ever had privacy when her son was Jesus I don't know but we never hear anything about Mary being upset about it and they came bringing they important not he came they came they people we don't know how many people came bringing to him a paralytic and they were carried and he was carried by four men so we have the four men that are carrying him and then others that came with him It may be just them, but still people came bringing him. And they, the people, we haven't heard about the paralytic yet. They, the ones who came, could not get near him because of the crowd. They removed the roof from above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. We still haven't heard about the paralytic. Mary's roof was torn off. The man was let down on his mat. The next verse is huge. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, huge, we'll come to that. Your sins are forgiven, huge, we'll come to that. Now some of the scribes were sitting there. All of them didn't come but some. Did you see that? They were sitting there. They made sure they got the biggest chair, the most front chair, right at the center of everything so they could be there and be critical and see it all. (coughs) Because people were wanting to see Jesus, so they wanted to be there to try to catch him. And they were sitting. They weren't standing in the back, out in the yard. They usurped their authority. They usurped their position. And they made sure they were there at the front. And they were questioning in their hearts. They didn't even have the audacity and the tenacity and the forthrightness to ask him but they were doing it in their hearts isn't that big they didn't say a word and what they were asking in their hearts was this verse seven why does this man speak like that he is blaspheming who can forgive sins but god alone in so doing jesus showed that he was messiah and he is god's son and then he moved on from the spiritual to the physical immediately jesus perceiving in his in his spirit And that they were questioning him within themselves he said to them why are you questioning these things in your hearts ladies and gentlemen I don't know what your hearts are telling you I don't know where you're at this morning I don't know what you're thinking about what we're going to do but if you're questioning why are you questioning in your hearts God is here Jesus still heals God is still the healer in the healing business still available for us today regardless of what the healing needs to be and we're going to cover more than what seems to be but is definitely in this passage immediately Jesus goes on verse 9 he asked them a very blunt pointed question and that's this what's easier to say to the paralytic your sins are forgiven or to say rise take up your bed and walk he dealt with this important he dealt with the spiritual he dealt with what only Jesus can do and then he dealt with the physical and the earthly what's easier for him neither one all of them are easy Jesus takes care of the first important thing and we're gonna say this right up front Primary healing, we all need a spiritual healing to where our sins are forgiven and we come into a right, living, dynamic relationship that walks and talks and breathes and disciples with Jesus every day. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Why was He going to heal the man physically? So that they would know He not only has the easier, He can do it all, and He has a u t h o r i t -T 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 why, to do it, A-L-L. Are we getting it? Are we seeing it? Are we understanding it? That's why I sent out an email this week to so many. I had 39 email addresses, only one pop back. And my heart was poured into that one, like I have never sent but one other email, like that much heartness, in it, two people, and my wife knows which one I mean, and we're not going to that, but it was important, and we'll get to that. I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed, get up and go home, get up, after you rose up and you picked up, get up, get up from where you're at, rise up. Pick up that which you're dependent on and walk home. Wait a minute, he needed physical therapy. He had muscle atrophy. No, he did not. He rose, immediately picked up, went out from before them all, so that all were amazed. All glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Did you notice the all, even the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the knees? We're amazed that's the end of my notes let's see what Jesus wants to say there's a lot of things we can deduce from this there's a lot of things we can go on from this there's a lot of things we can say about this but let me just say this the first thing we have to have if we're gonna have healing is healing of sins the healing of the sinful life we come to Jesus as we are We do not hide anything from him because he knows it anyway, and we are broken by the transgression of our hearts and the actions of our minds and the things that we do, and we come to him and we lay it at some kind of an altar, and we say, Lord, I need forgiveness, and I need this forgiven, and here's what I have done that is wrong, and we make a confession. If we confess, he, Jesus, is faithful. He, Jesus, is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus forgave the sins first. Did we catch it? That's why he was carped down, allegedly, but Jesus doesn't get carped down. He was attacked by the leaders. I'm going to go ahead and address it. I did an email, and I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know your past. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know where you've come from. As I've gotten not into the community and made connections with people, I've had people literally bawling on the phone to me or in person. Saying this, I have been so hurt by people, family, friends, jobs. But in my parentheses, God forbid, even the church. Greatest hurts we can have, and I've had them, you've had them, many of us have had them. The greatest hurts we have in life are these two. Those who we trust to be family that'll be good to us, honest to us, fair to us. And when they don't, it tears us up. And the C H U R C H. And I'm gonna say this to you, ladies and gentlemen. If someone that attended a church, even this one, did something so egregious that you were hurt that's not the church that's not Jesus but I'm also going to say something to you I wasn't here but please forgive us you know sometimes some of the greatest forgiveness we can do is not only to ourselves but to go to someone and ask for forgiveness from another at 4:30 in the morning this sermon got changed and here's the big stimulus that did it for me 435 I don't know right before I finally went back to sleep for an hour two hours something there is an exponential difference between forgiveness and healing forgiveness is about the individual or individuals or the stimulus the person the company the whatever that did the it to us Yes, I've worked in a prison, not as an inmate, and I don't say that lightly because we've got people that haven't been here much, as a nurse. People have done some horrible things to some people. Some of you have endured some horrible things by people, and yet forgiveness is releasing them to God. But what it also does, it does not say it didn't happen. It doesn't say it was my fault it says it happened and I release them from me so that I can be free but healing takes time healing takes time and I'm going to parallel that to when we get forgiven and when we get sanctified can I do that before you right here real quick when we get forgiven We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and his blood cleanses us from all sin. And we have a clean house inside of our heart, but it is empty. And healing comes in to heal us of the carnal nature and the desire to sin and the want to be returned. We will still get attacked from the outside by temptation, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind that we can present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And we are not conformed to this world anymore, but we are transformed. sometimes it takes a while and depending on what it is it can take years to get healed from the it that was done of the impact on the heart on the mind on the memory you will always have a memory of the it but when you have the healing of the emotions of the mind of the heart the pain That when you encounter it, that comes in and all but paralyzes and destroys you all over again is released. It does not mean you don't remember that it happened. It does not mean that you don't remember that it hurt. But what it does mean is there is freedom now. Spiritually, your sins are forgiven. The second healing that I notice here is this. Look in verse 5. Jesus saw their faith and he said to the paralytic son S O N We need to go into the the idea of what was going on at that time. We need to explain a little bit of what the culture was when someone was sick. They were put outside the gate for a little while and if they got well, come on back in. But when it was permanent, they were considered unclean. They were disowned. They had no connection with family. They had no connection with friends. They had no connection with society. They could not go into the whole, They could not go into church. What if someone came in with a tattoo? I know people that have served Jesus tremendously and have had tattoos. We'll scoot over. What if someone came in that had this, 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 or this, and I'm not going to go into? what some of those mean. Jesus is still the healer. And I have known people that have been basically disowned, including myself, that it took a long time for that healing to transpire because now the people that you thought were going to keep you cast you away. And that's the sculpture of the time. They were not needed, they were not wanted, they were not wanted to be associated with. Yes, they were still family. He was still a son, but the family had gotten rid of him so that they would not be seen as impure. It must be something the family did, or they would have kept it, kicked him out of the town. And what does Jesus say to that? A three-letter word, S-O-N. He adopts him right there as co-heir with him, son. There are times, ladies and gentlemen, when we have to be healed relationally. Do you see that? S-O-N is relational. You may never be able to get all of it all back. People may have died. Other people can just say, I'm not going to let you go of that. But you can still let it go with them. And you may need healed of that relational damage to the heart, to the mind, to the soul, to the spirit of what has happened to you. I still believe God is in the healer. God is healing. And his healing is still available today, regardless of what that healing needs to be. I don't know who hurt you and again if it was in any church or even this church please forgive us I wasn't here but Jesus is today please forgive us I want to also say this the healing was healed of acceptance what does that say before we get to verse 11 I want to tie up and I did it that way intentionally I didn't jump ahead of myself even with ADHD relationally he drove it home in front of everybody that was there the Sadducees heard it the people who were there heard it those who brought him heard it son and what's easier he's still part of me Now, of ex- healing was healing of acceptance. Go H-O-M-E. Wait a minute. Back to the people that hurt you. Your mother and father rejected you. Go back home. Go back into those situations and those people, and you can lift your head high because the load is not only lifted, it is G-O-N-E, gone. Healing.
4: Healing. Healing, healing
1: imposed on you, me, us, by it or them. Injury was there, but now healing is now imposed on that and them, and now we are free. we are free we are whole we are well we are new home home the fourth healing is that is here it is implied no words were there but it is implied the culture there was we they didn't have Social Security they didn't have workman's comp they didn't have disability But when Jesus healed, he was able to take up, get up, and go up, and now work. We don't know any more about this story of the man, but here's what I wonder when I read it. I, I, I tend to ask questions in my brain. I wonder if he got married now, and if he had kids, I wonder what he told them. Let's play a scenario. It's not there. I'm not trying to read into. I'm not putting into the scripture. I am not. So please take that there. Can you imagine, though, what he would have told his kids? I once was a paralytic before you ever knew me. I was a paralytic before I married your mother. Since
4: Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by,
1: oh,
4: what a difference. Since Jesus passed by, I can't explain it, and I cannot tell you why, but oh, what a difference.
1: The two of you are thundering, crescendoing, orchestra, choir, testimony of since Jesus pass by I'm not doing that to embarrass them they don't want that and I'm not trying to A difference And finally there is a fifth one that is implied not there but there is a healing of the memories because when you are healed as I've already said the pain of the memories you will remember that my, that happened I will tell you this there are things in my past that I do not anymore remember. I remember enough. But there are things in my past I do not remember because there's been a healing. A healing a healing. I have a healing oil. Thank you for bringing it. I have been Kind of busy doing this. I've been to Cleveland three times. And in three days, I have driven two, four, over 700 miles to go up and come back as well as some other places. And I ran out of oil and and Debbie and Jim got me some. Thank you. I'm gonna suggest this. Let's let Jesus do the rest. Let's let Jesus do the preaching. You're here today and you need a physical healing. I'm going to ask you to come. If you can't kneel, we've got pews. If you're here today and you want or need a relational healing, come. Jesus is still in the business of being the healer. Healing is still available. Regardless of what the healing needs to be. And even today, that can happen. You need a healing with relationships of acceptance. Well, I'm different now. I don't know if people will really accept me. Come. Come. God is the healer. Healing is still available today, regardless of what the healing needs to be. If you're in the business of needing a healing financially, come. Job had everything wiped out. He literally hit chapter 7. His family, all but his wife, and the one that got away, the one child, the rest of them were wiped out. All of his possessions. He was the richest man in that part of the world, if not the world of the time. And in an instant, it was gone. But Job was restored and multiplied even more. You're in the business of needing a healing financially. God is the healer. Healing is still available today. Regardless of what the healing needs to be. if you were in the business of needing memories healed and i'm going to be honest with you folks a lot of times that's one of the greatest healings that we all need maybe what we need to do for healing to happen even more in us is to go and do this and i'm just going to suggest this and i'm going to share with you that it's biblical Sometimes for us to be healed, we need to go to someone else and say, please forgive us. Restitution. Because when we do that, we are showing healing in us and we are extending healing to them. Either on your own behalf or on behalf of whatever happened by whomever it happened with you needing that healing I'm going to say come if you want healed this is what this Sunday is about I'm going to ask you to stand and to come I'm going to ask you all to stand if you can anyway but I'm going to ask you to stand and to come we're going to have a healing service here on the front pew I don't care where you're at these knees will get down we can do it and we will do it and we will come to it I'm gonna ask you to come. Thank you. We're gonna wait. We want the children here to see this. Kids, you're not in children's church today for this reason. We want you to see that Jesus is still the healer and still does healing. Jesus is still the healer and still does healing you may have someone that you know that needs healing there's a lot of them here both David's David young David Thomas sons daughters husbands wives friends family it's okay we are here I'm going to ask you what you want Jesus to heal you of. I'm not going to advertise it if you want to say, he knows, I'm okay with that. You know what? He knows. He knows. And we're going to take time today, and we're going to experience healing. I do not know what God's wanting to do, but I know he wants to do something. What will you want Jesus to do for you? Father, we come to you now and we anoint in the name of Jesus. There is hearing that needs to happen. There is hearing that is issue, And we ask you, Lord, that you would heal the hearing and touch the hearing so that he can hear better, at least before he gets home to be with you, but hear hear better. Because you are the one who created the hearing. You are the one who created the eardrums, the nerves. You are the one who made it. And we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Want Jesus to heal you too?
3: I want Jesus to help me be all I can for him.
1: Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus and we anoint in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because you, Lord, are the one who gives healing to the need and the ability to be able to do more than has been done. There's only so much engine in our motor, and yet she wants to do more. And I ask you in the name of the Father, Son, and holy spirit to be the healer to do what she has asked we're not going to advertise but we're going to say you know in jesus name amen what would you like father we come to you in the name of father son and holy spirit you know the situation and we thank you lord for the discipleship that timmy is uh, is pursuing It's a he knows, and that's okay, because you know. We anoint in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for a complete healing. And we know, Lord, that you are the great, majestic, all-powerful, all-healing healer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we anoint for healing for family, for David, and for Eric. And we ask you, Lord, that as only you can, you touch them. We have seen so many people healed because somebody on their behalf. And we believe that you are the healer. You do not get bound by who's healing actually in this in the church service you are everywhere and you are all powerful and we anoint debbie on those people behalf in jesus name amen father we come to you now and jim is representing the church thank you lord and we anoint him in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit that our church would have healing in it. We don't know all that he's thinking, but we know that you are still the healer of your body of Christ and that from us there would be healing go through us and from us to others, that we would be healed of all of whatever is going on and has gone on and that we would be made new today. Today. And you would speak into the hearts of everyone that is here. Everyone that is here. And all that they are facing and all that they have remembered and all that they have endured and all that they are because of all that has happened, that there would be healing. In Jesus' name, amen. What would you like healing for? You
4: don't he
1: knows. I said, he knows I didn't hear you I'm sorry father we come now in the name of Jesus for a he knows and we anoint we anoint this dear lady who has been here for years and is still faithful and ask you to be the healer of the he knows because you do you are all-powerful you are all-knowing and you know what's going on and I ask you Lord to bring healing even now in Jesus' name, amen. Father, we come to you now also on behalf of another sister in Christ, for another he knows. It's okay. We don't have to know because it's, it's okay. But you know. And I ask you, Lord, to transcend time and space and do to heal in the he knows need, even today. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you want that I Kathy? Father, well, we come to you now on behalf of yes. Kathy and ask for the relational healing yes. to transpire. Yes. Children, grandchildren relationships, even as the man in the Bible had a relationship that was hurt by paralysis. Kathy wants there to be a healing in the relationships that she has. You transcend time and space. You bring families together. You create healing. And so we just ask you now, in Jesus' name, that there would be healing in these relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. father we come to you now with Rick for another he knows and you do we don't know but you do but to come this boldly in this uh, vulnerably to say he knows is huge and we have taken off the walls or the, the roof we have let ourselves down through the hole so that we got rid of the barriers all of us got rid of the barriers to come down today and we just said we're going to be vulnerable and we're going to see what God wants to do and so I ask, Lord, for the healing in Rick's life for the he knows. In Jesus' name, amen. We come to you now, Lord Jesus, also on behalf of Carla for the he knows that she has. Only you, Lord, know it all. And only you, Lord, besides them, know it. But still, Lord, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we anoint. For healing, because you are the one who brings them down. You are the one who helps us to face you. You are the one who says, You're all we've got, and you know. And so we ask that for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we anoint Hazel in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit on behalf of her husband, Vic. Again, Lord, we are reminded that people have been prayed for via someone else being anointed for them. Vic's not here today, but Hazel is. And we anoint Hazel on behalf of Vic that there would be healing, healing of the physical, healing of the need to make some adjustments and, and decisions different, but healing. And we trust you, Lord that you are the healer, that you are the one who does it, and we depend on you, and we let Vic down through the roof, as it were, in front of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Are all hearts clear? Does anyone else want to be healed? I can come back to you. I've got a mic, and it's not one of those wire things. what would you like young lady for what
4: my eyes okay
1: Lord we come to you now on behalf of the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit for this dear lady you may blind eyes to see completely it is nothing new and we ask Lord that their eyes would be touched by you as only you can We don't know how you want to do it, but we do know that we come to you now as the only one who can do it. And we ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone else? Have bottle, we'll walk. I'm coming, JP. I'm coming.
3: Needle touched from my,
4: feeling you know, better with my shoulder. And
1: Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus about orthopedic issues. You created the joints. You created the shoulders. You created the bones. You created the ligaments, the tendons, and the true,
4: true, true.
1: everything there as how it goes together. And we anoint in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because you are the physician. You made lame legs to walk, and you can make shoulders to function. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyone else? Am I missing anybody? Okay, I'm coming, Ron. Give me a minute. I'm trying. I'm getting there. Have Mike. We'll walk. Thank you, Lord. It wasn't one of those wired things. What would you like God to heal you with? Father, we come to you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, orthopedic, legs, knees, hips, legs. And we ask you, Lord, again, to make lame legs to walk and that it would be because of strength that you have given and joints that you have touched. And we will give you praise. We ask it in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Am I missing anybody? I don't want to miss anybody. This is what today is about. Him doing the sermon. Not Micah Rogers. Jesus. And so we want to do that. Any others? All hearts clear? Okay. This is a special day when we come transparent. Vulnerable and knowing he is the only one who can do it. When his friends came and brought him, they removed all the barriers. They removed the long road that they would have to come. They removed their weakness so they got four to carry the mat. They removed the roof of Mary's home. And they let him down. They remove their fear of what the crowds would do or say. They remove their, refu- their, their ability to say, "Well, we can't get there today; too many people are there." They remove doubt. I hope, I pray, I trust that we have all come today to remove all barriers as well. How will God do it? I'm not him. I don't know. When will God do it? I'm not him. I don't know. Will God do it? Yes. He does. He will. He is. God is the healer. And healing is still available today regardless of what the healing needs to be. All God's people said. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. Before I dismiss you, I want you to be praying about next week. We're going to have two, at least, baptisms. May have more. Don't know, but at least two. And we, uh, those two people, possibly third, I, they know who they are. I want to meet with you a little bit after service. And if anyone else, even in Internet land, wants to come and get baptized or rebaptized, one is a baptism, one is a rebaptism, come. Just wear clothes and it'll get wet. And quite honestly, I doubt that I will, I, if I have a coat and tie, it's coming off. And uh, I probably will wear black sneakers next week in case my feet get wet because of my shoes. I don't want to ruin them. One of the very, 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 very few times I wear sneakers to church to preach. So if you will forgive me, if you won't, you're okay. You'll get over it. But uh, if you'll forgive me, that'll be okay too. But that is a huge statement. People who want to say, I've decided, to follow Jesus and I want to just affirm that to people okay let's stand together today I don't even know what time it is I don't care God's been here and let's be dismissed in an attitude a commitment to a returning with and in and becoming people are off prayer again Wednesday night Saturday night and Sunday morning Bible study and Sunday morning here at 1015 Jesus we are here and we thank you for being here you are the one who does this you are the only one who can do this doctors said about Debbie I'm sorry this is stage four Jesus said to Debbie so what? I'm still the healer. Thank you, Lord. Doctors said to Jim, there's nothing we can do. Jesus said to Jim, I know what I can do. There are many of us who've had other kinds of healing. Relationships, acceptance, ability to work and or restored finances and even memories. People have said, it can't. You say, it will. So thank you. We started this service, ladies and gentlemen, with a song that um, David led. I shared this with him. I wasn't going to here, but I shared this with him before, and I'm going to share it with you. When I was in college, we had one of the cool guys leading the music. And he sang a really, really, really heavy contemporary song of the day. cappella. And we joined him, it wasn't. And as he started, revival happened. And that song went like this, and I want you to join me. Jesus loves me. This I know 1250 college
4: students singing this
1: for the
4: Bible tells me so
1: tears started pouring.
4: Every one
1: to him belongs. Altar started filling. We are weak. But he is a strong revival broke out. Even like it did Asbury twice
4: now. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. me. The Bible tells me so.
1: Know that. Experience that. Walk in that. And now be dismissed in that. You are dismissed. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast.